Butterflies are buzzing in my stomach as the train doors to the Blue Line closed. Please, God, don't let me get lost. I had found a clean seat covered in blue fuzzy material next to a snoring guy in a well-worn black leather jacket. He looked so Lou Reedish. How cool. Putting my dog-eared green backpack between my feet in front of me, I looked up nervously at the menu of stops between Logan Square and Staten Lake, where I was supposed to get off. Putting on my headphones, I leaned back and tried to relax. Part of me was so excited to ride the L for the first time. When it would go from above ground and into the underground tunnel, it felt like a carnival ride. Sometimes the lights would flicker like inside a fun house. But now, with no roommate to guide me, I was all alone on this very new urban experience. I had just moved to Chicago and was living in Logan Square, and my roommate informed me that unlike Northwest Indiana suburbs, you don't drive everywhere here. Public trans is going to save you a lot of money, so buy the ticket. You will thank me later, my roomie insisted. She was also a transplant from Indiana, and she was teaching me the ropes. The CTA, otherwise known as the Chicago Transit Authority, is our city's bus and train system. The L, as locals like to call it, is the train system, and the nickname is short for elevated trains. There are over 140 stations around the city. In other words, 140 ways for me to get lost. Trust in the colors is what people kept telling me. The red line is the main vein for all the north side stops. But Logan Square, where I lived in 1992, was off the blue line farther west. There's a brown line, too, which my other roommate called the skid mark under his breath. It's good for getting to a neighborhood called Lincoln Square, which is a very nice area, but he obviously had some personal feelings behind it. Once I got a job, the train became my routine, just like my hot thermos of coffee and bleaching my waitress tuck shirt each night in the sink after my shift at the restaurant. The trains and buses were confusing for me, but it also made me feel like a real city person. The glitter wore off about 30 days into my relocation from Indiana to Logan Square. Here's the best thing about the train. I can put on my headphones and take a snooze while I'm going somewhere. I can also read, which is nice, while shooting from station to station. There's a small problem of sharing public space with people who have different ideas of hygiene than you. I had been living in the city for a few years, so riding the L was old hat by now. I was headed to my job at the School of the Art Institute and foolishly wore a pair of white pants. And wouldn't you know it, yeah, sat in something that was not a mocha. Of course, I didn't know it until my boss said I had something on the seat of my pants. Scurrying to the bathroom, the truth became evident, and it was a lovely mark that even my scrubbing could not erase. Moral of the story, don't wear white pants on public trains. Another magic moment occurred at the State Street stop. I was getting on the train around Christmas time, and I thought this guy was just being a pervert and grinding his junk into me roughly as I was attempting to enter the train. The station was packed at rush hour, so when I turned to give him the stink eye, he backed off with a smirky smile, and as the other door closed, I realized he'd stolen my wallet with all my waitressing cash and gift cards, but... Huh. Joke was on him. The gift cards were for Barnes & Noble Bookstore, and I only had about 20 bucks and some change. Slow day at the restaurant. 
Recently, when Polly, my wife, and I were heading to a Cubs game on a muggy spring afternoon, and we hustled onto the full train only to discover an empty spot in that tiny car that connects the two hook trains. Sometimes a conductor is in it. In our case, we felt so lucky. It was unoccupied. What a terrific break. It took us a few minutes to figure out why. As the train chugged down the track, I'm regaling Polly with some story she doesn't really want to hear. And I notice she's going to lean into the muck on the walls. Then I realize there's muck all over. Then I kind of freak out because I realize it's blood splatter all over the car. Oh my God, it's a crime scene and we're right in the middle of it. Now the train is elbow to ears, shoulder to shoulder, crammed with Cubs fans. There is nowhere for us to go unless we get off. So for the next three bumpy, jolting, jostling stops, we attempt not to touch any of the gore in this little train compartment. In addendum, we did tell the conductor who rolled her eyes and popped a stick of gum in her mouth as she shuttered her little window and rode away. Maybe she was used to that kind of thing. My last train tale occurred one late occurred late one dark February night. It was a bitter, evil, freezing kind of night when we met George in front of the Howard Allstop. He was a homeless guy missing a shoe in a wheelchair. What the hell are you doing out here on a night like tonight, friend? Polly and I asked as we zipped up our parkas tighter against the bite of the wind. He explained what a godsend the CTA is for him because it's safe and warm and he can get some sleep without being shanked. I'd say it's a good night when you don't end up on the blade of someone's knife at the end of a train ride, I added. You got that right, he nodded, smiling, exposing some bad teeth and a pretty positive attitude considering. But at the end of the Howard Redline stop, everyone gets 86th, so now he needed to transfer so he could keep going all night. I was sporting a creature of the Black Lagoon COVID mask, and he liked it. He was happy to know Svenguli was still going strong on MeTV. He and I talked about Son of Svenguli, a local TV host who featured Saturday night scary movies and some goofy shtick with his bad jokes and rubber chicken. Polly was busy getting George a CTA card. Lots of good memories, that show, he said wistfully. Do you want your code zipped up? I asked. Uh, yeah, if I could, he said, holding up a hand that was sporting some dirty bandages and a missing index finger. That made me pause as my heart sank for him. He explained he had ridden all the way from Stroger Hospital to here. He pointed behind him to the train station's graffiti-laden doors. Many homeless people get free care at Cook County Stroger Hospital, way on the far side, south side of Chicago. So he's been riding a while. Polly and I had an old pair of big snow boots in the car, which was parked by my work close to the L, and a small wool blanket in case of emergency. We gave it to George and wheeled him over to the elevator so he could get back to the comfort of the train. As the doors closed, we waved goodbye. He never asked us for any money. The heat in our car never felt so good. 
guys singing and lovers fighting, rolling beer cans, college students cramming for their finals, and the laughter of partygoers. There's nothing you won't see on the L. So next time you're in town, take a ride. Just know, Howard L. Stop, end of the line, everybody off.